What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Okay, Stallion, it's time to give an update on the property that we bought right here in my neighborhood. I want to know which idea did we use? Did we go short-term rental like we initially wanted to and found a way around it? Did we sell it on Bitcoin? Did we did we make it into a assisted living residence? What did we do? Can I can I pick a different option? Yeah, of course. None of the above. <laughs> D, none of the above. And what really amounted to is we had to look at all those different scenarios. Number one, the Bitcoin opportunity got taken away from us, right? When the person who thinks that they're going to buy your property with Bitcoin actually doesn't have any Bitcoin, it makes it a simple decision. Like there is no deal. Yeah. Right? That, that, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which of the three deals that we didn't do, I'm more disappointed in. And I think it's the Bitcoin deal. Well, it was just exciting. It was like, man, this is this is such a great opportunity for us to share a huge win with our community. And it just didn't come through. I'll tell you which one I was excited about. Yeah. The assisted living home. Right. I mean, here's the thing that, that got me on it, though. The idea that this property was going to require us to have such a high rental from an operator in that space I just couldn't see, like, I, I would think that they would pick a different location at a cheaper amount just to cut their overhead. But man, I was excited about that. It, it, that place set up, like I would have been proud to drop off my parents at a place like that. What about you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would be too, because then I could just ride up the road and see them. I mean, I could walk go see them, right? Like, well, let, let, let's be real. Let's be real. I, I would have been excited and proud to drop you off at a place like that. <laughs> I mean, you're, it's not too many years, Russ. Like, I got to be planning for this stuff. Man, you know? stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Like, just because you, like, aged in reverse. Like, watching <laughs> watching the video that I did the other day, I said the other day, it was like two years ago when I when we did the video in, the, in my office about how my daughter bought her car using short-term rental and the infinite banking concept. Dude, you've lost, like, 70 pounds in, like, 25 years off your life. It's crazy. Oh, I looked like I was inflated <laughs> compared to what I am today. And yeah, hey. that's what diet will do to you. Well, you know, we, we put we put some extra weight on you today by selling the property and allowing someone else to to take take over the keys. And and I, I hopefully they'll they'll be great neighbors and they'll they'll enjoy the property way more than we got a chance to enjoy it. But just for everyone, everybody want to know what happened okay so here, here's the deal we bought the property without a mortgage we took over the existing mortgage 
of the current of the previous owners. We we did pay off their second mortgage. We did make some small improvements, mostly in paying people to do some little things that needed to have uh, needed to be done. And we 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 wasted some money. We wasted money on attorneys for Bitcoin. We wasted money on attorneys for closing a non-Bitcoin deal. We wasted money um, on contractors doing uh, work or looking at doing work that we're how we're going to expand it. All in all, though, Joey, we were in the positive as home flippers. We're 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 house flippers, bro. We we need to start a show. Flip this house. We flipped the house. Oh, the one and only house. Because I, I will tell you, we are not gifted flippers. Uh, but man, I'm grateful that this one worked out. And we got a W. We brought home to the tribe. That's that right. was the most important thing. We the the beautiful thing about a podcast is that you're our tribe, and we're not going to let you down no matter what. So man, that extra accountability brought us over the finish line and uh, we held out for the right offer to hey, make it work. Hey, we're, we're amazing negotiators. That's what I'd like to say. <laughs> Just amazing negotiators. <laughs> Nobody wanted to pay us what we needed to get paid in order to make it happen. And then we got in a bidding war with people, which is beautiful. So uh, if there's lessons that we learned, we will not be on uh, an HGTV show anytime <laughs> soon uh, on home flipping at least. <laughs> and we are uh, we're happy that we are now able to take that capital, reinvest it. Uh, we'll be talking about that soon, about some of the things we are reinvesting those dollars into that are going to enhance our passive income report. And hopefully we'll come back to you with new ideas and new information. Joey, today we're talking investor DNA, which I think is great, <laughs> given that if we would have looked at our investor DNA, if it would have been for flick, uh, fix and flips, we would have not done it, right? It's not on the list for a reason. That's no, right. no, it is not. All right, let's, let's don't waste any more time. Let's jump in with the coach, Mark Carguchi, and ourselves. Pull up our chair and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them, and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time in the room. Join us. Welcome. Glad to have you. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of follow-through guy just didn't sound so cool to me. Well, enough about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner, He's the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joe Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Russ. So glad to be here. This is one of those topics that, man, I, I'm just fired up about. I don't know. Would you would you say the same? I am. You want to let everybody in on what, what we're talking about today? Well, we're talking about investor DNA, right? We're talking about your profile as it relates to how you see the world and how your investment profile in particular will get you to financial freedom as fast as possible. If you line up with it, you win. If you don't line up with it, you lose on a big scale. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this earlier, we were doing a masterclass with 
several other of our passive income mastermind members. And I said, the one thing that's cost me the most, I think in my life was not having done this one very thing we're talking about today. It's so important. I'm so grateful that we're covering it, but it's not just you and I here today. We've got the three amigos. We got Mr. Mark Haraguchi, the man I like to refer to as catch me if you can, when he's not killing bears with his bare hands or spear diving for tuna. He's right here dropping gold nuggets. The one and only Mark Haraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. You know, I I, I was going to say, I feel like I'm flying solo um, because there, there's no other coaches, but yet you guys are here. So there's three of us, which if, if, if we're talking like tactical fighter formation, that'd be the missing man because one of the group is missing. So although we have two out, but there's three here. And so three is better than two, which is better than ones. All right. Man, that's favorite, deep. He's, he's getting deep quick, man. No, that was so favorite good. movie with three people, the three amigos. Yeah. Are you asking or are you just, yeah, I, I just want to give you mine. Cause that was the only one I could think of, but then I thought putting you on the spot, making you feel awkward. What movie do you like that has the, the word three in it? I, I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the classic. Three men and a baby. I knew it. I had you, you, you knew I was going to do that. I had you three men and a baby all day long. <laughs> Mark, know, can you pull I, it I, off? I like the kids, man. I like the kids. I'm sorry. I think the only thing I, I can think of is, is a TV show, Three's Company. Oof. <sighs> now, that's a classic for sure. Yeah. The Regal Beagle, man. I feel like Joey would have been all over the Regal Beagle if he'd been back in in the seventies, but that's not what yeah. we're talking about. We're talking, yeah, no. we're not talking about Joey's personality style. We're talking about the investor DNA. And I want to know from you, Mark, what is the investor DNA? And more importantly, why is it so important? So deoxyribonucleic acid DNA. There you go. <laughs> um, now investor <laughs> DNA. Gang, so the, the, the investor DNA is when, when you break it down, it, it's a tool, right? And it's a tool, plain and simple and a tool by itself is, is, is kind of useless. You need to know how to use it and you've got to have the right implementation. So it's something that can help you evaluate yourself and how you more than likely are going to interact with investments, which was super helpful for me. Um, but I, I came to it after the fact because this wasn't around when I started my journey. Um, but what it did for me was the investor DNA. It was a reinforcement of what I had basically figured out because um, I, I had already gone through the process. And sometimes it's nice to have, you know, that, that bit of reassurance that, okay, yeah, this, this does match up with kind of what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And this is, this is actually how I evaluate opportunities. Hey, Joey, we were doing the masterclass and that question kept coming up as I was referring to the investor DNA. What is the investor DNA? Why is it so important? And how do I take action on it? What would you tell people who are listening right now who haven't even heard about what this is, why we're talking about, why is it so important? Well, I mean, undoubtedly you've taken a personality profile before, right? The disc profile, you've taken culture index. We've mentioned earlier, you talk about Myers-Briggs. What does it do? It tells you what you already know about yourself, but it kind of like, it kind of like dials in to where you now know what's my superpower, what are my weaknesses, and your awareness becomes in focus, right? That that to me is what why anybody would do it. Why, we are hooked on it, by the way. I don't know if you know, like any social media, I mean, you're scrolling through, people are like, hey, what kind of 
you know, farm animal are you? Like they want to figure out like, uh, you know, take this survey and you figure out. I thought that was not PC to talk like that, Joe. I, I didn't, I'm not saying I took it. I'm just saying people oh. post the, the most random stuff. Oh, like, okay. Hey, this what, is, what's the color? What color are you? Like, you know, like these we're, we're hooked on it as a, as a world because we love to learn about ourselves. Well, the investor DNA is the only thing like it that then matches you up to passive income ideas and says, these are the things you're going to love about it. These are the things you're going to not so much jive with. And these are the resources that are necessary for you to be successful in this particular circumstance. And that to me is where the secret sauce is, is not only learning about yourself, but then matching it up to those various passive income ideas, helping you to then narrow it down. Yeah. Well, I I teased this a second ago. I said that this is the one thing I think that I know cost me 11 years. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In 2007, I bought my first passive income asset. It was a single family property and I hated it. <laughs> I really hated it. Like it it provided about $100 a month. Within 12 months, not only had my unit already been flooded, but the market had crashed. And what I thought it was worth, meaning I thought it was worth about 120,000, I paid 85. I then started seeing just 12 months later, people selling them in the 60s. And I thought, oh, not only am I only getting roughly $100 a month, I've already given that up to serve pro, which I would do <laughs> two more times. But also, I can't sell it. Like, I mean, I literally have to write a check for 20 grand. It was it, like, what would you rather do? You know, like just get stabbed in the heart or just like a thousand cuts. I just thought, well, I'm going to do the thousand cuts thing here because I just don't want to write a 20 grand check to get out of this deal. Now, eventually, eventually I sold it for a profit, very similar to a house we just got rid of. It's like, you know, eventually I made money. It was not the best deal, but eventually I made money, but I did not buy any other assets, passive income assets for 11 years. And I feel like because I, in my mind, had programmed all other deals I will do will be similar to this and I don't like it. Well, what should I have done, Mark? I should have either went and bought 10 more of those assets, not bought it at all, or C, done the investor DNA to realize that I like to be hands-on thing. I like to tell people about things. And single family, managed properties really gave me no ability to do that. Would you agree to that? Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about last week, right? Last week's round table was, you know, lessons from failure. Well, you can either go through and enjoy all the things that come along with the failure moment of having to go through the lesson of hard knocks, or wouldn't it be nice to be able to maybe take a less uh, abrasive approach and figure out earlier, wow, you know what? Um, I'm not really designed to be a tour guide, a uh, 12.30 p or 12.30 a.m., the toilet's running, fix it phone call. Um, wouldn't that be cool to know that ahead of time and to know that, wow, this type of investment might lead me to that area. And so right now, given how things are, I'd really love to not do that because that just doesn't align with how I wanna roll. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be the the right next thing to do is to figure that out before you go jumping in 
Because um, if you're like me, I like the fast pass. I'd rather not have to go through the, the longer line to get to the same result. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is and I, we have three points today, right? I want to make sure we cover these. And I, you you kind of jumped ahead there. You're hitting our first point, which is when is the investor DNA the right thing to do? Second point I think we need to make is what are some of those lessons that we've learned along the way, right? As we've observed others or maybe on our own. And thirdly, how do we connect investments to it, right? I think that that's a question I get a lot is how do I know that this is the right thing for me to do? So I, I want to come to this. When is the investor DNA the right thing to do? Well, for, for me, it all depends on where you're at in the process, right? I say, you know, if you understand the formula of I've got to understand, I got to have clarity in my approach. If I if I've already got clarity, then I, I know then the next thing I do is I build I build my personal cash flow system. I build a system that allows me to get my money in a place that I can access it. Then and only then should I be using the investor DNA because until then I feel like you're skipping ahead. And I've seen that too oftentimes is that people like me want to get suit, like get really, you know, shiny object syndrome. It, the the FOMO kicks in and you don't want to miss out on something. So you just go do it. And while doing it may be better than not doing anything at all, there also could be something to be said for, no, you should have known what was the right thing for you and then did it at a higher level, right? I'm not talking about paralyzation. I'm talking about going after it. That's my approach. Joey, what would you say? When um, is the right time for someone to be doing the investor DNA, in your opinion? I think once they put themselves in a position of capitalization, then before you you go anywhere, that's the that's the first place to go. Um, and the reason is is because everything looks like an opportunity when you have cash. In fact, the first thing that comes your way looks like the best thing. And the reason we we just don't have a framework to compare it to. That's what I think the importance of this is, is that once I know who I am, then I can hold up the investment and have a singular focus on, will this get me to where I need to go? Um, without it, you're just, like I said, you're just kind of open. And I mean, in some cases could be taken advantage of. Mark? Well, mine is coming from if if you've already done all those things and, and you're further down the road and maybe you're already in some investments, maybe you've already got, you've, you've already got your, your infinite banking set up, you've already got your goal and you haven't done this, then my suggestion to you would be, you might want to consider doing it now because wouldn't it be nice to have that reinforcement, right? If, if everything that you get out of the investor DNA, it hits every metric that you already believe you know about yourself, and it reinforces what you believe. Oh, isn't it nice to have that validation that that stuff is pretty much lining up the way that it would seem to be best suited for you? But if it doesn't line up, wouldn't you rather know sooner than later? So my suggestion to you is if you're already a little bit further down the road, you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, I've already got my IBC policy. I got my goal. I'm already doing this or that. Well, confirmation doesn't hurt. And so figuring out and confirming your investor DNA, kind of how you evaluate things and making sure that it lines up. I think that's, I think that's a key because we're going to talk a little bit later on about how certain things might change for you. 
Well, hey, so Mark, I don't want I don't want you to downplay what you just said there. The what 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 role does confidence play in investing? It's an amazing part of success. If you're confident that what you're putting money into, how much more money will you put into it? Right? If you're just dipping your toe into 10 different things because you really don't know which one's going to be a win for you, you're you're potentially going to have one or two winners, three or four losers, and then two or three, they're even, right? I haven't even done the math on that 10, so don't hold it against me. But you get my point. But if I know and I'm confident because I've got something that's helping me to validate what I what I feel to be true, man, there's, a, there's an exponential reward on the other side of that. I can take that one investment type or two or three that I know I feel really comfortable in and I can go, I can go hard at them and really make a big difference. So I don't want to miss that. Let's break down because you, you mentioned Joey, that this is an, kind of a personality kind of based approach to look at investing in the world as a whole. Right. And Mark, you look at the world from a specific angle First, would you mind sharing what that angle is? And then what were lessons that you or others that you've helped with similar uh, personality, what are lessons you've learned from the investor DNA? So as uh, like, like any good pilot, I don't like to waste. So I don't want to spend uh, any more letters than I have to. So I just went logical C and that was it. We didn't bother with any other letters. Uh, so clearly <laughs> uh, hardcore C, um, you know, clear, concise, calculating. Um, I like spreadsheets. I like new numbers. And so that leads me to be a little less uh, people focused when it comes to the actual investment strategy, as opposed to much more hands off. I like tried and true standard pilot. I like low risk um, with high reward. So that helps shape how I look at investments. Um, but we've had people all across the board. Um, but I know that for whenever I hop on a call with someone and they are very strong towards the C, it becomes very easy to immediately understand how they're already starting looking at things. And when they come at me and, and they say certain investment types that I already know have a very low probability of fitting within that block, it becomes a great educational moment to walk through. Well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about how you would react if somebody calls you at one in the morning and says, what's the door code? Where do I park? Um, which garbage can is mine? <laughs> so that really helps because that's just not how the logical C's roll. Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you gotta go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is, in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. Well, I mean, obviously you're, you're going to be very procedural oriented too, right? You like processes. You like seeing things that have worked for long periods of time. 
And that kind of goes into that logical nature. It, it's worked before. It should work now. My guess is, is that the, the new shiny object, the things that probably appeal to me because mine is an I. That, that that's that influencer. I'm the one who probably, you know, at a, at a party is the, the, has a lampshade on, on my head walking around, right? Like wanting to be in the middle of everything with that though. It's all about, look, like you said a second ago, you're, you're making fun of my shirt, but I feel like, Hey, this shirt gets attention, man. Like you noticed my shirt and I'm not trying to bust on you or Joey, but I didn't notice your shirts. It were, it was not, interesting to me but also as an i i don't i don't really observe others very well because i'm so me focused i I figured i figured you wanted attention by getting that haircut that you have but i guess the shirt i mean is a good close second that's fine uh man the the shirt's probably distracting from the haircut it's not it needs a little tightening up but i i would say is that attention right lessons i've learned from that one mistakes right like getting involved in things early because that's that the the nature of the the influencer is to get involved early you like being a part of the the kind of early adoption group and with that not doing my due diligence not looking at opportunities i mean there's a there's things that has cost me multiple six figures and losses because i got involved in things before i knew it and and a lot of that stuff it was early on before I, you know, Joey and I really started going through this process and I started relying on the need of partners because that's what I found as I, I like to lead. But what I know I need is I need someone who's going to going to do the the background searches, going to to follow through on all the details that I'm not going to do. And to me, that's one of the biggest lessons I had is I need somebody that's going to help me there. It's good to be gas, right? There's a lot of value in going. And there's deals that we've gotten involved in that have made significant uh, windfalls for us. I mean, for instance, I, I pulled Joey into the crypto mining space. And before I could even spell Ethereum, I still probably can't spell it. Well, that's why I always put ETH on our passive income report, right? It, but it, it was one of those things. It was interesting. I, I knew it it had promise. And I knew there were some people that I trusted a lot that were behind it. And that's a problem that I have a little bit is I'm too trustworthy or tr- trusting in others, right? And I've had to learn some of the lessons I've had to learn is trust, but verify, and, you know, I made that mistake one time where we got involved in a deal and on, on the surface, everything looked well. We actually did some due diligence more than I would have normally done, but I didn't go and verify the data that was being showed to me. Right. I went and asked for the data, got the data, but then I didn't go verify with an independent third party that the data was right. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Have good partners, trust, but verify. What about you, Joe? Talk about your personality. What are some of the lessons you've learned? Well, so, so I'm a, an S personality. So stable, loyal, you know, all these great things about me, right? Um, but I will tell you, from an investment standpoint, we get kind of bored, right? Like we don't like to get super um, ahead of ourselves. We want to do something that's really simple, stable, we don't like a lot of conflict in terms of, you know, 
having to be a manager of some sort or operator, just not really too, too into that kind of thing. And so what I would say is, is by looking at this investor DNA, if I allowed it to 100% define me, I might've just stayed in private lending and in things that were like, you know, um, like long-term turnkey type of like of vehicles, which is fine. But what I would say is about understanding this investor DNA, realizing that there's certain weaknesses that I have as an S or certain things that are holding me back from the ultimate kind of reality of what I'm looking for, higher returns, high, more cash flow on a regular basis. That's where I'd say is like, man, we've learned a lot about those partnerships. Don't allow the investor DNA to just be like, put you in a pigeonhole, right? I want to, I wanted to look at that and say, well, who are the people that can allow me to get into short-term rentals? Because on surface, I would have never done short-term rentals. It's just not in my nature. But partnering with you, Russ, and with an operator who is is very gifted in the things that I'm not has allowed us to have, you know, one plus one plus one, in this case, equals five. And, and that's really powerful to me. So that those are some lessons that I've learned over the time is not to allow it to define you, but also to, um, you know, be open to using other people's strengths where you're, you're potentially weak for a bigger result. All right, let's get to point three. So point one was when is investor DNA the right thing to do? Point two is just some of the lessons we've learned. So point number three is connecting the dots, right? Getting the investments and connected it to who we are. This is what most people want. It's like, just tell me, would you already, would you please just already tell me? Now, not the analyticals. The analyticals, like, let me go do my own homework, get out of my way, right? <laughs> but for, for you know, probably 50% of the other group, it is just tell me what to do. So Mark, how is it that you have seen connecting the investment to your investor DNA work out? Beautifully. <laughs> Uh, so I started with long-term rentals, right? So I'll, I'll just go down that road. So long-term rental, tried and true, is probably one of the, the, the stronger, longer-lasting strategies that's been out there. We've all heard about it. Um, however, this, this is a point I want to make to, to everyone here is your, your DNA doesn't define you. And what's really shocking is your DNA, if, if you actually want to look at it from a true scientific perspective, actually can change. There are parts of your DNA that will change with you throughout time. Things will shift. There, there will always be underlying currents, but some things are going to change. And so don't be afraid to embrace the change. Even though my investor DNA is a logical C, which says I should really hone in on long-term rentals and just park it there and stick with it. Well, my objectives are changing. And so because my objectives are changing, it's shifting how I'm evaluating things. And your DNA is not the end of the line for an investment strategy, but it may be telling you that the way that you are thinking about engaging in that investment might need to be restructured. And so my strategy as a logical C is shifting into now newer ideas of things that are reasonably tried and true, but just with a little bit of a twist. So like you've got the syndicated multifamilies, you've got other people that are doing the quote turnkey work for me. And I just show up and uh, 
deposit my, my, my treasure. And then we see the returns come back. So connecting investments to your DNA. Yeah. That that's always going to help, but don't, don't let it push you out of an idea just because you say, Oh, well, you know what? Short-term rentals don't work for me as a logical C. So I'm never, ever, ever going to touch them. I'm out of gone. Well, maybe you're just never going to touch them the way that you are imagining it. So if there's a problem, there's probably a solution and there might be a way to make money off of that solution. How about you, Joey? How do you look at connecting the investment to the investor DNA? Well, I might be a little bit contrary to this question. Okay. So you might have to bring us home on what you actually mean by this point. Of course. But I'm going to, I'm going to point out. So if you've never taken our investor DNA profile, one, you have an opportunity. It's embedded in our Pathfinder course. So if you've not taken that yet, you have an opportunity and within our community to do that. Um, but, but there's three aspects on the passive inc- income matrix that comes with it. One is the pros. What are you going to like about these certain passive income ideas? What are you going to struggle with is the cons list. And then the key factors is the third tab. It, it, it covers things like how much time is necessary for this to be successful? How much capital is necessary? Is there selling required? Is there details that have to be um, required in order to be successful? If I looked at those key factors about land flipping, Russ, there's not a chance I would have ever done land flipping. Right. I have virtually no detail, right? It is, it's very time intensive to begin with as it, as it relates to um, building the business. And yet it didn't deter us from getting involved in it because what did we do? It helped us to figure out what are the things we need to solve in order for this to be successful. And it, it drove us to then say, okay, our friend Mark Podolsky at the land geek, how could we do this? Not, um, I guess we just can't be involved. It was, how can we? And, and so to me, it was, it was being aware, what can we do? What really shouldn't we do? And then taking it to the next level and saying, how can we? And I, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, um, take action on that because it's pretty profound when you start staring at that and then saying, what's going to help me get to financial freedom? Let me figure out a way. Well, I, I think there's a lot of people that may be at the point where they're staring at all the options. It's it's like when you go to the grocery store down the frozen uh, food aisle, you know what I'm talking about? And you're looking <laughs> inside and you're like, there's Ben and Jerry. Ice cream. There's you know, barbers, <laughs> right? There's no to moon. There's halo top. There's ice cream bars. There's ice cream sandwiches. I mean, you know, like I, you can I think see we get the, the point, Russ. I think you can see it. the same thing though, with the investments, like there's short-term rentals, there's long-term rentals, there's multifamily, there's land fitting, there's car wash syndication, there's ATMs. There's e-commerce. I mean, it sometimes it is that same thing, right? And so we just stand there, you know, fogging up the mirror, but not doing anything. Mm. And what I would say is a huge benefit of this process is that our goal through that Pathfinder course is to do what? Is to narrow it down into two options, right? It not, And a lot of times you may end up choosing the one that's not right for you. 
but it narrows it down to two. That's our goal right. is that you, you have to finish that, that section, that exercise with only two. And people are like, but there's so many more, you know, you only put six on the, on your matrix. And I was like, yeah, we put six just because six was too many for most people. Right. Yeah. We, we want to narrow it down to two. And I, I look at that matrix and why I say you might pick the one that's not right for you, but it may be the best one for you. So for me, I already told you, I love to influence. I love to talk about stuff. I like to get involved, put my hands on it. That's what I love about our short-term rental business, Joey. I love the fact that there is the ability for me to help if needed. Thankfully, they don't need me. I, I'm <laughs> grateful that they don't. But we do have a, a weekly meeting. In that weekly meeting, I get a chance to share my opinions, where I, whether our operator uses them in or not, that's on him. I get to be a part of, participant in it. But the thing that I love so much on our passive income report is the thing that I can't touch at all, really. It's our land flipping stuff, right? Like it, it is something that I have no understanding. We were at the boot camp with Mark Podolsky and there's people are coming up to me like, I saw you guys have like 22,000 a month coming and passive from that. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right, so how many VAs do you have? And what do you do with your intake manager? And how do you handle this? And I'm like, <laughs> those are all amazing questions. You know, let me point, do you see those guys up there? And I was pointing towards Scott and Mark and Tate. And I was Tate. Like, yeah, just, just go ask them. They're like, well, wait, no, I want to ask you, though. I was like, yeah, they're the ones who run our business, not me. I don't know. But what do I get to do? I get to get on a Voxer with them. We get to have conversations. They get to tell me when a deal closed, when a deal uh, defaulted, and what we're doing with it. I get to have conversations about sending more money, when, when you need more money, what's the money going to be used for. And then I get to get on the podcast and talk about it. Like, there's my influence. So it's the thing that I don't touch and can't do anything. I could mess it up if I wanted to, because I can't get to it. But it's not also, it's not like a mutual fund, right? It's not like I'm just putting money in something I can't influence at all. Like I don't even get to talk to the end user. I get to talk to the people operating the business. I get to hear about the trends on a one-on-one -on -one level with them. And we own the business together. We're partners in the business. And that fills me up. That's what I needed from this. That's how I get jazzed up. And I, I look for partnerships. I look for businesses, look for things that I can talk about. And that's what my investor DNA says. So I hope this was helpful as you're listening to this. It, it, to me, it is the thing that when it's the right next thing for you, like, like, every, like Mark and Joey said, once you've got real clear on what you want to do and you know why you want to build passive income, why you want to go down this, this road of financial freedom. And then you start building your own cash flow systems, right? You start working with one of our coaches at that point, when you have cash, then you can take action. And the right next thing for you at that point is to take the investor DNA. If somehow you skipped ahead, come back. It's okay. The course is there. We'll we'll walk you through it. Our coaches are grateful to jump on with you. If you want to jump on a call with them and ask, hey, what is the right next thing for me? And have them help point you in the right direction. Go to wealthwaltwallstreet.com forward slash free call. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts. Mark, you go first. DNA is a great tool. And if you if you use it the right way, it can be extremely helpful. Uh, it's going to do one of two things. It's either going to show you stuff you didn't know about you, or it's going to confirm what you already know. And like Joey said, give you that confidence, that pat on the back to be like, okay, I am in the right spot. And now I can keep pressing on. Stay. My final thoughts. Um, 
if you're at either end of the spectrum, okay, and I'm holding up my hands for those of you who can only hear me, on one side, you got this crazy, just, I got to be involved in everything because I really am not confident that I know what to invest in. So I'm just going to just dabble in a bunch of stuff. Or you're at the opposite end of the spectrum and you're not going to take any action because you're confused or you just don't feel like you have enough information out there. You just, you're kind of paralyzed. Investor DNA will bring those two pieces into focus, right? You'll, you'll now know I can go hard after one thing or two things that really fit me, or I can get started. Either way, it's going to take action and get you unstuck on your journey and hopefully save you years to getting to financial freedom. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening to this. I hope you found value, as Joey just said. If you did, like, rate, and review the show. That's how others find us that are not being shared um, from a friend. And we appreciate you, and thank you. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.